Welcome back to the Onward Faster podcast with Aaron Leff and Bobby Motes. Here I am. It has been a while since we have actually sat down and talked. Um, a lot of stuff has happened last year. Probably well, a lot my fault, too, because my, my father had passed away right about the time we stopped making episodes, and that yeah. was kind of made for a rough year for me. But Rightfully so. Yeah. We're, we're back, and we're ready to go, and um, yeah, on, you know, today we want to talk about a lot of the stuff that has happened over the last year. It's been a crazy year, 12 months-ish, maybe like 10 months, for real estate agents. Yeah, it has been insane. And clarity, right? We, we've definitely spoken since the last time that we chatted. Oh, yeah, we talk all the time. We chatted on a podcast. Most of it was trying to manage this crazy market. And like, yeah. okay, what are we doing next? We just didn't record it. No. Yeah. <laughs> Probably a good thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm always borderline like on the verge of calling Bravo for us to say we truly need a TV show with all of the madness that happens in our world. So if anybody mm. if anybody wants to reach out to them, send us a casting director because we got content, y'all. That would be the most watched <laughs> TV show in HGTV. I know, right? Yeah. Oh, Bravo. You said Bravo. Never mind. Well, actually, HGTV is probably, I don't know, I teeter-totter between the two because there's some like <laughs> high-level drama that I think would do really well on Bravo, but then like also we're a real estate team that would do you know, mm. well on HGTV. Well, we could maybe go yeah. both. We could sell it to both and see who picks it up. Yeah, move on over, Selling Sunset. That's right. I've actually never watched that. I can't stand watching anything <laughs> that has to do with real estate agents because I critique everything down to their scripts the way they run their business the agents they're bringing on the way they manage uh, anyways i critique everything it's and i can't real. watch it it but the, yeah i know <laughs> but it's still uh it's tough it hurts me inside to yeah. watch those things so yeah. a, anybody listening that's not in real estate those are not real life not real life not a real, real estate, estate team. No. actually i probably had four or five people in the last year tell me inside of interviews that they got interested in real estate from watching Selling Sunset, which is kind of fascinating to me, but I had to very quickly okay. give a lay of the land of like, ah, it's not really what it's like. No, not at <laughs> all. Not Especially in Austin, Texas. Yeah. Or Texas in general. Yeah. Maybe Dallas. Maybe if you're in like Highland Park in Dallas yeah. or Memorial down in Houston. Maybe there, but n yeah. nowhere else. Yeah. So anyways, we digress. Yeah. Um, welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> so about June of last year, June of 2020, 2022, um, and this was while I was in the midst of just trying to manage a lot of the stuff that happened to my dad and, um, you know, going through that internally. But um, the market decided, eh, the Fed decided to uh, impale the market mm -hmm. by increasing rates, which probably needed to happen to stimulate the economy. That's right. Right? Uh, unless we wanted to go below zero, which would not have been fun. That would have been a whole host of other issues. Yeah. And so they, they started the process of increasing rates. Well, what did... And with an, a recession looming on the wings, they had to increase them quickly. And what did that do? Increased mortgage rates. What did that do? Created a lot of fear with buyers to actually pull the trigger on houses that they were probably looking to buy. Yeah, a few I, months earlier. I equated that to what it felt like if you're actually in the industry, or at least in Austin specifically, it felt like a brick wall was put up. Just it like was. overnight. It was the most abrupt stop to the real estate market, specifically in Austin, Texas, that anybody has ever seen. Yeah. Um, and it was prescribed. It didn't happen naturally. It was mm -hmm. prescribed to happen that way. It happened more in Austin specifically because of the, in Texas overall, because 
we have seen such an increase in demand for housing in Texas because people want to be here, mm-hmm. right? And that that was that was a big problem because you got the high demand, all of a sudden fall off. Everybody thinks they can sell their house in a weekend. All of a sudden, you can't do that. Your house is going to sit on the market for six months. But if it's set on the market for more than three weeks, they were calling us and firing us <laughs> because, my hey, yeah, why is my house not selling? Well, rates are 6%. Yeah. They were 2%. Yeah. There's no buyers. <laughs> it's been super challenging for listing agents over the last 10 It has. Years, and so. I, it, it's like I equate it to boiling fr- the old analogy of boiling a frog, mm-hmm. right? If you try to throw a, fr- a frog in hot water, they're just going to jump out, opposed to putting them in cool water and slowly turning up the temperature. Mm-hmm. They're never going to jump out. They get used to it. And the route that we took in making sure that rates had some ability to drop a little bit, so we had to increase them. By doing it all at once, we essentially threw all of our buyers in the boiling, boiling water and they jumped out. Yep. Instead of doing it slowly over time, which would have been fine because even where rates are right now, which is about 6%, mm-hmm. um, they're normal over the history of rates, more than normal. You look over the last five years, the rates that we have right now are normal. We had unprecedented, unprecedented, can I say that word? Unprecedented, I can't talk. The most unprecedentedly low rates in market history ever. Yeah. Um, and I, I definitely butchered that word, but it's fine because it's been, they, they were at like 2%. In some cases, you could probably get it for under 2%, but mm-hmm. in reality, the average over time has been about 7%. It was a time we're probably never going to experience again, and the buyers that are in the market right now, and every agent listening to this should go to those buyers and say, this is never happening again. If you're waiting for it to get down to 2%, you're going to be waiting for a very long time. Um, I agree with you, Bobby. And I, you know, when it comes to, you know, where the market has been and, and where it's going, um, the exciting part for me anyway was in, in watching our team is that it became this market of skill set, right? It became this market of you've got to truly be playing all in in order to survive and to stay in it. And while there were some casualties <laughs> along the way, I actually think that that ended up being a huge a huge win because yeah. you know the the people who are here are taking it seriously as far as being able to take care of their clients and going the extra mile and making sure that they're delivering an incredible experience which is something that you should expect anyways if you want to own a reputable business right so i yeah. actually think that it you know overall being on the other side of it now um, i actually think it it was necessary and it needed to happen and it, you know sort of weeded out the week it was it was necessary we've had a lot of agents get into real estate over the last 3 years that have been order takers right they mm-hmm. they jump when the phone rings and they go open a door and expect somebody to put an offer in on the house and more often than not they were mm-hmm. they may not have been winning that offer but that's how real estate was operated is we were we were running around everywhere and just trying to open doors, throw throw ha- yards, um, mm, throw signs in yards, yeah. and um, the uh, it, it was just a constant movement, movement, movement. There were there was no skill involved. They just mm-hmm. needed warm bodies. Mm-hmm. Clients just needed warm bodies. They, there was no skill involved on the listing side. They just needed a sign in the yard, mm-hmm. get it on the market as quickly as possible, give me as much money as possible, and we could do it. We knocked mm-hmm. it out of the park. But all of the systems and the processes that we had built around um, constant communication with clients, delivering great service, um, understanding when to have pricing conversations and drop the prices on your home, 
uh, call reverse pro- prospecting for agents that where their clients loved the home on the MLS, all of those things that we were doing consistently on a weekly basis before 2020 went out the window. Yeah. And everybody that we hired after that mm-hmm. completely forgotten. Well, they didn't forget. They didn't even know how to do it. They didn't even know those things existed. Right. Because they were just running as fast as possible. And anybody that was in ops prior to that, which I don't think we had anybody still in ops that was that was prior to 2020 that was still with us yep did not know how to to work in this market and in a market where they needed to be high touch high customer care high client facing and know that this is not a transaction this is not in and out you're in you're out and we're done yeah this is we're gonna foster and grow this relationship and um, walk you through the contract close process and and hold your hand to be able to do it and make it feel like a good process. Same thing with agents too, yeah. is every lead was a super hot lead. Mm-hmm. Every lead was a super hot lead. Which and is you unrealistic. Could, <laughs> no, right. You skipped out on everybody. And the time from when somebody raised their hand to buying a house or going out and looking at houses was like a week. Yeah. Follow-up did not exist over the last couple of years. No, it did not. Mm-hmm. So the idea of nurturing a client, the agents that have joined us since 2020, even mm-hmm. the agents we had before that, Mm-hmm. They either didn't know or forgot how to, you know, it takes nine months typically for you when you first have a communication with somebody before they actually close on a house. Yep. It's a it's a process of nurturing, finding the right home, making sure they have the right service from you and that you are, you're following up with them appropriately, consistently, and you have a good system and process in place that you're following. Anyways, um, at the end of the day, the real estate industry lost its ability to be Expert real estate agents. Well, they didn't have to be. Because they didn't have to be. The bar of entry is really low into our world. Uh, 100%. And we got a crash course in why we need that. Sorry, it it happened quick. We hit a wall Mm -hmm. and we went from not needing to be experts, not not needing to be experts at Mm -hmm. not only the customer, but also our businesses to you have to be an expert at the systems and the processes and the tools and the technology and the um, and, and the customer care. Otherwise, you're going to fail mm-hmm. because the clients have such a long time before they're actually going to find that house or their home may be listed on the market for a while. And if they're sitting on the market listed with you for three to six months, which is a normal market, mm-hmm. and you're not providing them with good service, they're just going to call you and fire you. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that that starts at expectation, right? When it comes to the client's that you are taking during that time period, it's being able to understand what is happening in the market and then being able to deliver those expectations effectively so that your sellers know what to expect. And I think that the hardest part during that time period is that nobody really knew what to expect. Nobody had really ever been there before. And even the people who were in business back in 2008 and who were still doing this, this is a totally different beast than what 2008 was, right? And so I think that that's where most agents struggled was in setting those expectations for sellers. And, you know, sellers are always the last person to know that a shift is happening, right? Buyers know it first, then the buyer's agents, then the listing agents, and then the sellers are finally last. And by the time that the sellers figure it out, you know, there has been a little bit of a battle that has happened during that time period, right? Listing agents are coming up like bloody and bruised after the conversations that they're having with these sellers. And, um, so I think it was, you know, it was a, it was a crash course and experience of what it takes to survive during a shift or those people just simply decided that they didn't have what it takes to survive. 
which is pretty cool. I'm cutthroat, right? Like, get them out while you can. Yeah, I so I was down in San Antonio talking to a lot of rainmakers for teams and asking them specific questions about their business, and they described the last few months of 2022 as trying to squeeze water out of a rock. And yeah. e- even those of them that have been in the market, and a lot of them had been in the market since the previous shift, um, looked up, and this was completely different mm-hmm. than 2008, right? 2007, 2008, because it happened so fast. Everything stopped so quickly that it just, it it halted their businesses. People, people left their teams because they blamed it on the team. Mm-hmm. Operations people quit or were fired because they couldn't support that size business anymore. Businesses right. were falling apart. And go give your you know, your real estate friend that owns a team a hug because they're probably struggling. <laughs> they may be talking through the side of their teeth saying like they're, they're, they're doing great. But in reality, I guarantee you 99.9% of them yeah. are struggling right now. Yep. Struggle busting. And they need a hug. Go hug your local realtor. Go hug your <laughs> local realtor. Yes. With a team. Well, any of your realtors. Anybody, really. Yeah. Yeah. We all just need hugs. Yeah. We all just need hugs. My CrossFit teacher t- t- tells us that every morning when we're working out. Like this last thing we do when we're warming up is uh, give ourselves a hug. And hopefully it's not the first hug we've gotten today. But if it is, then give yourself a bigger hug. Aw. Yeah. That's so sweet. <laughs> okay, Bobby. So, right, the shift is happening. Things are kind of going insane. What would you say you were most shocked by when it came to like the change or shift in team dynamics during the shift? I honestly, I was most shocked by the 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 pause that every agent in the industry did, whether it's our team or another team, they mm-hmm. all like stopped mm-hmm. and didn't didn't want to get into it and squeeze that water out of the rock. Mm-hmm. Everybody everybody just stopped. Mm-hmm. Um and it was disappointing because your livelihood as a real estate agent is tied up into activities and what we had been teaching them over the last couple of years. And it was, this is not just us. This is every team out there is to be order takers. And they, when the orders stopped coming in, they didn't know how to actually go get the orders themselves. Yeah. And, um, it surprised me and it shouldn't have surprised me, but it did. How many agents just didn't do anything cause they forgot how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made me realize how many new agents are in the industry right now. But that was probably the most surprising thing and also the most heartbreaking thing to see because I also saw a lot of really great agents leave our team or leave the industry because yeah. they ultimately started to blame it on us or blame it on the brokerage or they quit because they didn't want to work that hard anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the most shocking thing for me. Yeah. What about you? Um, well, (laughs) sort of a loaded question. There was a lot of shocking things that happened in the last year. Uh, for me, I think I looked up one day and I understood that it was going to become a full-time job again. Right. So like you said earlier, the things were just sort of falling in our laps. Like you could sit in the front yard of a house and, and a deal would pop up and you'd be able to run that, you know, all the way down the line, all the way to closing and get paid on it. And you'd move forward to the next one. And there was a time that came about... September for us where so you know we have a coaching organization inside of our world and I looked up and I essentially said hey guys it's time to jump in as a full-time job this is a minimum 40 hour a week 
role. Like if you guys want to survive, that's what it's going to take in order to, you know, keep your business afloat. And I mean like sustaining where you're at that we're not talking about growth, right? We're talking about survival, just like you said. And, um, I was actually truly blown away as the leader of this organization to have that conversation and to have people opt out, um, was really, really eye opening for me because I could not, and there was a lot of growth in this for me. Don't get me wrong, but like I could not understand how, um, especially as a coach or a leader, or um, and that's not even specific to the sales side of things, right? Like that that was also in operations. Like I couldn't understand how somebody could be deemed responsible for somebody else in the trajectory of their career, and understanding they're they're truly a coach and a mentor, and then decide, nope, I don't want to work that hard. And for me, that was in in incredibly eye-opening about how it's really easy to let people in your world when things are going well that perhaps did not earn the right to be there and that was probably my number one leadership lesson of the year last year was to have a higher barrier of entry like people have to earn the roles that they are in and I um, am confident now that we have that but I can't say that we had that um, and I felt like that was probably the number one detriment to our team during that time period where we were saying, Hey, you guys got to show up. You yeah. got to do the thing. You got to jump all in. We're going to be here to support you, but you've got to do your part in this. Um, so yeah, I, I just felt like that was really eye opening as a leader. And from here, I've talked to many other teams at this point who sort of experienced the same thing. And I'm always fascinated by that. Like, and for anybody listening out there, if you ever have the opportunity to be a leader, please don't take that responsibility lightly. You are changing the lives of other people and it matters. We had other agents opt out because their leader opted out and they could have been in a totally different place had that leader taken it seriously. Yeah, I I think that the last few years have eroded a subset of what the culture was in organizations yeah. and a subset of that culture being work ethic and motivation mm-hmm. it all of a sudden it, it was slowly eroded to a place where yeah nobody knew what grit looked like anymore they didn't know how no. to go through the hard stuff exactly yeah exactly and work hard mm-hmm. so yeah that was a that was a surprising one yeah and, yeah. yeah 2022 was fun it was fun, and 2022 is over. So let's talk about, <laughs> let me ask you the question then, Bobby, from a CEO, business owner perspective, if you had one really big nugget that you're taking into 2023 that you learned, what is it? Taking into 2023 is we need to begin to be purposeful about our execution of the real estate business and make sure that everybody is on the same page. We have clear processes and procedures mm-hmm. and that we're all running the same plays on a daily basis to not only engage contacts, um, to convert them to clients, but engaging contacts to provide them with high, high level service so that they close their deal and they're happy about it and give us five star reviews and turn around and use us again later. And that is the most important thing that we can possibly do is follow that path consistently um, and stay the course. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with that. Um, the other thing that comes to mind for me is that I, after coming out of last year, um, you know, are we good or are we lucky? And I think that a lot of business owners, if they're coming out of that going, I still want to be in business and I want to move forward at a really high level and I want to run a big organization. That's the question that we all need to be asking ourselves. Are we good or are we lucky? And I think many, many people over the last few years got an ego around 
man, I'm really great at this, right? And then yeah. they look up and the market shifts and they're like, oh, maybe I was just lucky to be a part of the best market ever, right? Um, so that's sort of my theme moving into this year is are we good or are we lucky? And I, we are very quickly moving the needle tour from good to great moving into 2023. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I've seen lucky agents, yeah. right? If, if you go... You We've pick, had lucky agents. You, I mean, they've been a part of our organization. Yeah, and just to remove any of your fears i don't think that we were just lucky no there's a lot of things that we really do well but if you remove the ego out of it it is the question of yeah can i can i get better and what did we do well during that time period and what was just a lot of it i mean a lot of it is luck being in the right place at the right time having the right conversations being really good at recruiting and making sure that you have the right talent on board there is a lot of work that goes into that so there's there's there are things like that 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 we are really, really good at, and there are things that we were totally lucky at. Yeah. I, you did mention one thing. You mentioned ego, and I, I'm going to add to mine. I think one of the big things that we can have going into this year, one of the big things we can remove is ego because mm-hmm. ego is going to hold agents back that are used to the last couple of years yep. um, from being successful. Remove your ego. Realize that this is not about you. Mm-hmm. This is about your your clients and how to provide them with the best service possible and have as many conversations with possible. And the only way they're going to work with you is if they like you and they trust you. Yep. Absolutely. And if you have a lot of ego built up in that, they're, they're not going to like you and trust you. Yeah, absolutely. So, Bobby, tell us what happened. What partnerships did we create in 2022? Yeah, so at the end of 2022, we, like a lot of larger organizations, um, decided that we were done doing this by ourselves. Mm-hmm. And um, we connected into um, a platform called Livian, which is an agent services platform designed to support and amplify top teams in the real estate industry inside of Keller Williams, specifically. <clears throat> and there's a few of these out there. And you see this trend happening with large teams across the industry, realizing that as real estate agents, we are expected that are building businesses. We're expected to be experts not only at closing deals, right, in real estate, which is our first love, mm-hmm. but turning around and being experts in HR and recruiting and <laughs> training and education mm-hmm. in finance and accounting, in marketing, graphic design, mm-hmm. all the things. We're expected to be experts in all of those things. Timing. As a business owner. Uh, because we're real estate agents, that doesn't make any sense. There is no industry in the world where the person that started the business, that startup, is expected to be the end-all, be-all for every department in that company right. once they get to a certain size. And I think we, we, we need to realize, and there are a lot of top teams realizing that, that they hit their ceiling of what they can do by themselves. Mm-hmm. And, um, and again, you see this in the startup world. There's a ceiling that's hit in startups, in mm-hmm. whether it's tech or oil or whatever it may be, software, that is tech, never mind. Um, but there is a ceiling that is hit where they go start to look for partnerships or investors that come in and bring more partnerships into the world to help amplify their business and take them from a, a million-dollar business to a 10 million to a 100 million to a billion-dollar business. Because they could not do that by them, do that by themselves. Mm-hmm. Gary Keller sat me down and told me that he has never started a business without a partner. So why would you, as a real estate 
agent build a team without a partner. That's right. Especially one that complimented you. And we did this, right? Mm-hmm. You you were my partner in building it up to where it is today. And Shana. Well, Shana, Shana was the OG partner in yeah. building it to a certain point. Then we brought you in and we built it to another point. Finding those partners by yourself, I guarantee you, is the hardest thing you'll ever try to do. People is the hardest thing to get right in a business. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, that that partnership came out of a, a pretty natural place for us, right? So if anybody you know, knows E to P, right? Moving from entrepreneurial to purposeful. One of the things that, that you, Shana and I have always been really great at is operating very entrepreneurially. We can wing it with the best of them. We can build things as we're flying it, right? Like we are, we are great at that thing. However, um, like you said, there's always a ceiling that's going to be hit when you're coming from that perspective. And so, um, you know, I really believe that the partnership moving, you know, moving with Livian was more, purposeful than it was necessarily entrepreneurial. That partnership is very, very intentional for the things that maybe we are not great at or are not our highest and best use necessarily. And um, so, you know, I think that that, I think that at the heart of it, that's really what it was, was setting our egos down going, okay, can we do this better, faster, stronger in partnership with somebody else? And the answer is always yes. You were always better with, more chefs in the kitchen, essentially. It got us to um, be able to focus on what we're good at, Mm -hmm. to be able to work on, not so instead of working in the business, working on the business. That's the path we're going down is getting to that place where that is our one thing, Um, not me getting in there and fixing tech problems, you getting in there and fixing intricacies of training problems, things like that, so that we can focus on growing Not Mm -hmm. so much on how do we maintain where we're at right now. Yeah. Because it it is just through the partnership and connecting with an organization that provides us with the things that they're good at, it complements what we're good at at so well. And you see this across the board. This is every real estate team. There is no real estate team that is mutually exclusive from this. That, And this is why so many $100 million plus teams are connecting into these organizations is because they are, they are partnering with them to amplify what they're already doing well to even better and taking away from them the things that they don't want to do or should not be doing mm-hmm. so they can focus on the things that they do they are great at and do want to do yeah. to get to from 100 million to 200 million to 300 million. So this is going to create a, lar- a, a lot of really large real estate teams mm-hmm. in our industry. Mm-hmm. It, that's the inevitable goal of this. It's mm-hmm. it's going to happen. It's going to prove. It's going to create highly productive real estate agents and highly productive real estate teams. Well, and it'll also breed happiness, right? Like the whole point of this is that you get to live sort of in your superpower versus having to be like you started, stated at the beginning, right? Like yep. you had to learn all these things and learn all these departments and be the end all be all for all of these things. It gives us the opportunity to be more effective in the things that we are already good at and leveraging the stuff that maybe we know and can totally do. It's just yep. heavier for us to carry with us every single day. So I think that that's the coolest part. And and honestly, like getting, you know, that's the dream is getting to do the thing that you love every single day, day in and day out, the thing that you're already good at. Can you go deeper into what you're already great at and make that even better versus having to learn all of these things that are outside of your natural personality? And I think that that's super cool. Yeah. And going back to what we said before about the goals for this year, 
and moving forward and being purposeful about our real estate business. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think every team should be doing this every agent period purposeful about the way your business operates. Mm -hmm. And if you have not read the millionaire real estate agent book by Gary Keller and Jay Papazan, take a look at that Mm -hmm. and dive deep into it and evaluate what you're doing versus what you need to be doing. But this complements that path we're trying to take tremendously because we took all the things that we were just spinning our wheels trying to do and got really purposeful about them because the partnership with Livian made those things purposeful. Mm -hmm. So Aaron, as we go into this year with this new partnership and being purposeful, what is your vision and your expectation for what's to happen? Not necessarily in things we've already talked about, but how do you see this growing our team? Because that's a side note. Over the last six months, and because of this this partnership, Aaron has become the president of the Moats team, and and the president of Livian Texas, which is also our name at the moment. Um, but she has been promoted to that role of president slash CEO, where her job is to work on the business, not in the business. And with that in mind, Aaron, and now that the audience knows it, what are your expectations for this year, and where you want to see it go? So one of the things that drove this decision for me jumping on board and like really getting into it with Livian is that we've got a lot of really talented people inside of our organization and they dream as big as I do, which is super cool and something that I really love because it challenges me as a leader to look up and go, are we developing our world big enough that what they want to do fits inside of it? Right. And we've talked a lot on this podcast about legacy and, you know, what it what it's meant to to truly leave something behind and impact people's lives for the positive. And so for me, looking at this year with Livian, I am expecting it to be a, a conduit of growth for us and for us to like really explode inside of this year. Um, and I feel like if we don't, we're doing it wrong, you know, and the, the cool, exciting part is that I'm super confident sitting in the seat right now that we are prepped and ready to, to do that. And so my whole dream and my whole vision and my whole goal this year is to take our people to where that is that they want to go. And, um, for the people who are the closest to me and the pillars in our world, that's they, you know, they want to be high level coaches. They want to be out there speaking. They want to be impacting people's lives at a really high level. And, you know, it's sort of this, this trickle down thing where we are all on the same page and that cohesiveness, I really believe makes us truly unstoppable because we are all on the same place chasing after the same vision and the same dream. And, you know, our, our goal is to impact as many real estate agents as possible and help change the trajectory of their career for the positive. I want everybody that's in our world to be better because they're in business with us. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be awesome. And, and, and with that, you know, we're not mutually exclusive with, uh, when it comes to real estate agents, we really do have a heart for, not only the agents on our team, which we would love for every agent to be on our team, that's but we know that not every single agent will do that. Shameless self-promotion. Yeah, not, Come join our team. Not every single agent is a great fit. Um, but we also, you know, are you've been going out to market centers, mm-hmm. which th- these these brokerages, for those of you don't that don't know what market centers are, and speaking to their agents and teaching them how to effectively build a team. Mm-hmm. Um, and giving them consulting services on exactly what they're doing right, what, what they're doing wrong, and how to get to the next level. And I feel like that's something that we need more of in the world is Aaron Left going out there and talking <laughs> to market centers, no, talking to these teams and helping to guide them um, towards a path of success. And uh, 
So if there's any market centers out there that are yeah. looking for a great speaker to come in and talk um, to their top teams, Aaron Leff is available um, all days of the week. Not, not really all days <laughs> of the week. Every single day. All Every day long, single day. Nope, day. she's still running the team. Yeah. Um, but you should get in touch with her and try to convince her to come out there and pour into your market center to your agents and your to, to your teams. Well, and actually, I will say that's it's one of my favorite things to actually do because you know, before this, I've just kind of kept my head down and I've built the team and I've built the organization just from a place of like what we saw as the best fit. And when I looked up in the, you know, late last year and I was like, okay, well, what do I, I started dreaming about 2023 and what I really wanted. And I got some opportunities to get in front of some teams and start having these conversations. What I realized was that, oh my gosh, I've already been there before. I've already done this and I've done it wrong four different times. Let me tell you how to do it right because I've already been through this and let me help you. And to be quite frank, there's, there's, nothing more fulfilling for me than to be able to have those conversations and save people that time. Hello, because I'm a high D, like I would love to save everybody time if I can, like that's amazing for me. Um, so I actually, you know, there, I got a lot out of that in that I, I learned to stand on my own two feet and that I truly do know what I'm talking about. And there have been some major challenges that we have navigated successfully that I really believed that people came out of those meetings with tact, like tactful nuggets that they could take back to their business. And even today, you know, they're still writing me messages, asking me questions, you know, thanking me. And that has been super, super eye-opening and super cool for me. Again, if you run a market center and you need somebody to come in and pour into your teams, Aaron Leff, Aaron Leff at Livian.com. Super easy. Just send her an email. I don't have your phone number handy, but... um, It's not if if I get famous one day, I don't want. Okay, that. <laughs> yeah, with her band, another big um, development is Aaron Leff has started a band. Stop, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's gonna ask me to like just jump up on stage and. Start she will singing. come to your market center. Will she will train your teams, and she will she will get up on stage and sing. I will not. Okay. <laughs> this is not a part of it. It's if you pay her enough, she will. <laughs> I'll think about it. Um. So with that, let's uh, let's wrap up. I uh, I think that was a pretty good summation of what happened over the last last year with us. And with that the wasn't market. everything. They, we gave you guys oh, the no. short version. Oh yeah, thank you, <laughs> Jesus. We gave you the short version. There was so much happening, um, and uh, you know we're going to we're kicking off the podcast again. We're going to do this once a week. We're going right. to make sure that we get this out to you. Uh, we're going to give you the good, the bad, the ugly of of what this year is going to look like. And make sure that you have a you know an honest, honest look at what is happening and what you need to be doing to succeed in this market. Um, and again, if you need any other deep dives into any of that, email Aaron. Don't email me. <laughs> I'm kidding. You can email me too. Um, um, but thanks for listening to the Onward Faster podcast. Thanks, guys. Yeah, it's. Uh, I am so excited to be in front of a microphone again, and hopefully. Um, we, nothing crazy happens in the next year. I'm hoping for an uneventful 2023. That is very unlikely. Okay. I'm hoping for a very eventful 2023. Uneventful as in like, d- let's not rock the boat in real estate. Let's just no, keep no, no, going. No, 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 <laughs> This is, this whole podcast is my pitch for Bravo. I am bringing oh, you guys dang the tea. It. I'm in e- economic. Okay, fine. <laughs> Bravo. It's going to happen. Um, okay. Let's do it. All right. Onward faster. <laughs>